Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. Hey, what's up everybody? Today is Sunday. It's the 22nd of June 2014. Well, last week was Father's Day, and so I did not record, and I wanted to wish everybody a happy belated Father's Day to all my fellow dads out there. And the week before that, uh, we had some other stuff. I can't remember what it was, but I had some other junk that I had to take care of, so I was not able to record over the weekend. However, today I am back with you. So, again, thanks for sticking with me, those of you that have. Um, we have got some good feedback today, and I also want to talk a little bit about the shooting incident that happened in Las Vegas. And that was about a, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago, something like that now. Um, so before we do that, let's just go ahead and jump in with the uh, feedback that we got. And the first feedback we have is from Dave in Utah. And Dave writes in and says, Hey, Tony, I thought I would submit a gear review for your Armed Ape segment as I recently had a very good experience with a product. Now, okay, let's jump, let's, let's kind of jump aside here. Uh, I haven't done the Arm Date podcast. Jeez, it's been six, seven months now. I plan on doing that, and one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of change the format around on there a little bit. Uh, it's still going to be kind of review-based, but I'm going to start doing more uh, just kind of whatever pops into my head. So it may be movies, it may be books, it may be anything and I know it's been a long time, so I'm sure the listenership there has probably gone down to maybe four people that are actually you know, still subscribed. Uh, but I'm planning on, if I have time, uh, doing that this uh, this weekend, not this weekend, um, this week, excuse me, uh, if I have the time. And the, the show format may only be like 15, 20 minutes long. Uh, but anyway, back to this show. Uh, so that's that's what he wrote. He sent that in for a review for the Arm Date. But I thought it had um, significance, I guess, if that's the word I want to use, um, uh, for this show as well, uh, because a lot of us that carry guns also carry flashlights. And uh, so I've let the cat out of the bag as far as his product, and that is a flashlight. So let's go ahead and jump back in. Uh, so he writes... In 2008, after carrying a concealed weapon for a few months, I purchased a Surefire 6P flashlight at a gun shop for about $60. 
At the time, it seemed like a good price because everywhere else that I looked, the price for that flashlight was between $80 and $100. Plus, I sort of accepted the marketing that these lights were used by FBI agents in the military, and I remembered seeing agents Mulder and Scully using a similar-looking flashlight on the X-Files, so I figured it would be a good purchase. It had an output of about 80 lumens, which wasn't the brightest at the time, but I shined it in my eyes, both in light and dark environments, and it was sufficiently uncomfortable to look at that I felt confident in its defensive utility. It would be bright enough to make an attacker close their eyes or look away long enough to draw my gun, if I was ever confronted in a dark parking lot. Battery life was pretty decent. I only had to replace them every other month or so when I was using it to check parking permits at night, which was my job at the time. I took to carrying it everywhere since I was attending university during the day and occasionally the power would go out. At church, it was a great thing to hand my fussy child because it had shiny parts and he could put it in his mouth and grip it, etc. And I didn't have to worry about it getting broken. When I would leave class at night, I would take a moment inside the building to tighten the tail cap so that I could use the momentary on-off switch. Then I would just hold it in my hand while I crossed campus to my home. In short, I used this thing a lot. After a while, my daughter dropped it on a cement floor and cracked the glass in front of the LED. I was kind of bummed because I was no longer because it was no longer waterproof, but then pleased to learn that I could simply order a new lens cover assembly from the Surefire website. And I did the same thing with the tail cap when that wore out. Eventually, I noticed that the LED diode itself was starting to burn out. The light was no longer very bright, and the diode itself was turning brown. I looked online for replacement bulbs, but the LED replacements were either the cost of a whole new flashlight, or they were some sort of off-brand. Or, I could get an incandescent bulb for about 10 bucks. I emailed Surefire and explained the situation to them. They replied with an RMA and had me send it in to them to do a warranty repair. About nine days after I shipped it out, they sent it back to me. They apparently looked at the burned out LED and put in a new lamp assembly on it. But since my specific model has been discontinued, and that is the 6P, as in Paul, LED, they put in a brighter lamp on it. It's the KX4 lamp assembly, which would have cost me about $85 to order online. They also regreased the O-rings and threads for the lamp and tail cap, excuse me, tail cap, there we go, which was a nice touch. When I tried the light out after it was returned, pow! It was significantly brighter than I ever remember being in the past. It turns out the KX4 assembly puts out 120 lumens of light. Basically, I got a free upgrade. I plan on keeping this light for a long time. With Surefire's warranty and the resources they have to back up their products, I could conceivably be using this thing until I am an old man. I know this was a longer email, but I think I hit all the points for an armed ape review. Surefires are more pricey than other flashlights, but it's truly an investment in a quality tool. I took a Gun Dudes Mag 40 this past December and noticed an old weathered Surefire on Mass's belt. He probably bought it in the early 90s and it is still serving him. 
That's what you pay for when you get a Surefire. Keep up the good work, Tony. And that is signed Dave in Utah. All right, Dave, thanks for sending that in. Just sort of out of curiosity, I went over to Surefire's website. And they do make the 6P. Unfortunately, it is not an LED. And it's about $88. And it only puts out, I want to say, uh, you know what? I instead of saying I want to say, I don't like, I actually pull it up and look at it here. Uh, the 6P original puts out 65 lumens of light. Now, um, they do make a 6P model, but it's a 6PX tactical and uh, another one that's called the Pro. And those go for about $90. The max output on that is 320 lumens. And then on the Pro, you get a second setting, which is 15 lumens. So something where you don't need a whole lot of light. They make a um, another one that's about $20 cheaper. And again, it's the G2X Tactical and G2X Pro. Uh, the Pro, again, has the... Uh, 320 and 15 setting, and then the tactical just has the 320 setting. Uh, and then, of course, they make you know just tons and tons of them over there. The cheapest looks like LED flashlight that you can get is that G2X tactical, the single output, and that's about 70. You know, all things being considered, the difference between the tactical and the pro, they're uh, and price is none, so I would I would go with the pro. And I don't know if they have a um if the bodies are different. So like if let's say the um the the pro and the tactical, I don't know if um if maybe one is plastic and the body or the housing is plastic. They both take the one, two, three A batteries. They've got about the same amount of runtime on low and high. Uh, it looks like the G2X Pro weighs a little bit less, but they're pretty much about the same. I'm, I'm doing like a little comparison thing. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe like maybe one of them again is polymer, and the other one is maybe uh, aluminum or something like that. Uh, let's let's pop over here on the pro and we'll check it out and see what it says. Blah blah blah. Polycarbonate. Okay, so that, I bet that's the difference. I bet the the G two is uh, is that, and I bet the six uh, P Pro. I'm willing to bet that. Let's go ahead and pop on there, and I bet that is maybe aluminum or something like that. Well, it says a tough blah, 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 blah. aerospace aluminum body. So that's you know that's the difference. So. I don't know if, if um, you know, polymer is pretty tough. And with the compounds and the science that they've got behind the chemistry of all that stuff, boy, I don't know if it would be worth it for me to go with the aluminum thing uh, or not, uh, considering that pretty much everything seems to be about the same. Um, you know, is it worth the extra $20? I suppose what you could say as well, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe the aluminum might, lash you a little better it's it's hard to say um or if there's going to be shipping if you went with like that g2 you could say well shipping cost of you know the 20 dollar difference you know might pay for my shipping and so for that i'll just stick with the g2 and again this wouldn't i don't think would be 
necessarily something you you would use as a, a weapon light. Maybe this would be something that you would kind of have with you in your pocket, uh, so it wouldn't be mounted onto a rifle or onto a uh, you know like a handgun or anything like that. It may be a little too big for that. So, um, I suppose though, as a rifle light, you could probably put it on there. I don't know if it if it would uh, maybe stand up to that impact. You know, the constant firing. Uh, that some of their their uh, flashlights that, that they have that are specifically designed as weapon lights. They have, of course, you know, handgun things, and they have, um, you know, stuff for shotguns and rifle and, and all that stuff. So, And those, I think, are going to be a little bit more. They have one that's called a Scout, and they have a Raid and a Millennium, and you know, blah, 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 goes on and on and on. Uh, as far as... The difference in cost. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and click on one that's that would be that looks like it would be oh about the same. Holy cow! There's one called the Raid, which is like nine hundred and twenty-five dollars. That is not one that I will ever be getting. Let's look at the Millennium and see what they say. Millennium five hundred and ninety-five dollars. I will be skipping on that. Uh, let's take a look at the Scout. Maybe. Uh, Maybe that will be a little better. Not much. $369 for their mini scout light. Um, and then it just sort of goes up from there. So, uh, I don't think I'll be buying those. Let's take a look. I'm trying to see if they've got something that's a little cheaper. They do have... It's a 500 output lumen, lumen output, excuse me. It's an X300 for about $300. It looks like it would attach, you know, using like a Picatinny rail and stuff. And then you would just turn it on and off. It doesn't have like a presser, excuse me, presser. Good heavens, pressure switch. There we go. Like some of those others. Anyway, I'm sure there are a ton of you guys out there that know a whole lot more about uh, weapons, lights, and things like that. And uh, I'd like to have some of you guys weigh in. That three, it looks like the 300, that X300 Ultra can do double duty as a, a handgun or maybe a rifle light. Um, and in fact, that's like something that I would probably be looking at getting for me. Um, now, an interesting thing, I used to think that, you know, well, boy, if you've got a light that is super bright like that and you go to light up your target at night or something, is it is it going to wash out your vision? Are you going to kind of blind yourself along with, you know, blinding the, the person who's in your home or the person who's, you know, approaching you? type thing if you happen to be in a room or you know something where there's a lot of reflective surfaces and i've done some experiments with some of the flashlights that i have and i don't find that really to be the case you seem to be able to adjust and and do pretty well and as long as you're not really on the receiving end of it i don't i think you're still gonna you know have the advantage you know if you know what i'm talking about anyway uh so again dave thanks for sending that in I know Surefire is kind of the big one, and uh, what's the other one? Streamlight, I think, is the big one too. Is kind of the two that everybody kind of looks at uh, when they're when they're going for lights. So, uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and jump back in uh, with our next bit of feedback. And this we have another Dave, and he was writing in about the um, scopes that go from one to uh, one to four power by twenty. So he writes in and he, and again, I, I wrote him back and said, well, I just don't have any experience with this stuff. 
Uh, so I, I told him I would read his email out. And again, I'm sure some of you out there have a lot of experience with this stuff. And if you could either send in a recording or send in an email, and I'll go ahead and read that stuff out. I'm sure if if Dave is, is writing in, there's, I'm sure, tons of other people, uh, fellow listeners, that have the same question. Uh, so anyway, he writes in, What is your opinion of the Leatherwood Hilux CMR scopes? They are 1 to 4 by 20 with an etched reticle and an illuminated red circle with a red dot in the center. How would you compare it to the Leupold AR Mod 1, uh, which is actually 1.5 to 4 by 20 with the fire dot mill dot reticle? Uh, the Leatherwood sells for about $320 or so, and the Leupold sells for around uh, $399. That, again, was uh, from Dave. So, uh, kind of during our correspondence, he also wrote back and he said, uh, Thanks, Tony. I'm using an Aimpoint CMP2 red dot right now and would like to be able to find something that would give me CQB and give me the option to shoot accurately out to 200 to 300 meters without having to switch from my red dot to a scope and back. Uh, so again, if anybody has any information or, or anything um, that would be helpful, go ahead and write in or or, or uh, do your own recording, send it in, and I'll go ahead and play it out for you on the show or read it out for you as the case may be. Now we also have a, a bit of feedback uh, from Daniel. Looks like all our feedbacks were starting with D today. And he had had uh, sent in a thing through the speak pipe thing that I have over on the website. And uh, the first part of it is garbled for about the first 10, 15 seconds or so. Um, but it kind of clears up. And then unfortunately, I think it got it got cut off. So a lot of times I mean, I, I leave the speak pipe thing up there just because it's free and generally it works pretty well, but I don't know if maybe if they're having some problems with it. Um, so I'm, I'm considering, you know, taking it down because it would, it would be extremely frustrating if you think you had done a nice recording and then you send it to me and it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't turn out the way you thought it, thought it would. Uh, so I may, I may take those, take those off, but again, I'll, Almost everybody has, you know, either like an iPhone or an Android type phone, and it's pretty easy to do a quick voice memo on there, and they actually sound pretty good. So, you know, if you ever wanted to do that, you can go ahead and do that, and then um, you, you if, with the phones, you can pretty much just email it to me at firearmscafe at gmail.com, and I'll get it. And I should be, no matter what the format, whether it's a WAV file, uh, an MP3 or whatever, I can generally convert that and put it with the software that I have and put it into the show. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a big deal at all. All right. Uh, let's see. So I'll go ahead and play, uh, Daniel's, I guess we'll call it voicemail that he sent in. And then when we get back, we'll go ahead and do a little bit of discussion. Well, good evening. My comments to your show recently, uh, posted as episode one, 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 are as follows. Uh, personally, I do carry a man purse, as you describe it, but it's actually more than that. It's a way to carry 
essentials like um, insulin, syringes, etc. I do want your thoughts though on the speed of access to a firearm in a uh, off-person device and um, whether just simply practice is sufficient. Secondly, there's a, a product I tried called the Bulldog Fanny Pack and quite honestly I found it um, cumbersome and very conspicuous. So think twice about recommending fanny packs. And the third comment about uh, these off-person uh, devices is the briefcase um, type that are offered through all right, Daniel, thanks for sending that in. Sorry that the, uh, again, the voicemail of it was kind of garbled. I did as best I could. Hopefully, uh, everybody was able to understand it. Um, I do, and we, we talked a little bit about off-body carry and this, that, and the other thing, uh, you know, on, on that previous show. You know, that is, it is a good point of you can carry lots of extra things in it. And depending on what you're using, you don't necessarily have to have it be oh I, I guess conspicuous or it doesn't have to look super tactical um, Maxpedition makes some stuff but they do have kind of a little bit of a tactical look to them but there are things out there that look just kind of plain and kind of simple and I think I talked about last time what I had done was with mine I had bought that platform uh, which was the I think they called it the Manta which was just basically the, oh, I don't know, I guess you would call it kind of like the satchel without any pouches or anything on it. Um, and I talked about before that I think that if I was going to do it over, I would probably go with something like a Fat Boy or their, I think it was called a VersaPack that they made. Uh, just because it has a, a little bit, things are a little bit more compartmentalized, which can be a good thing and can be a bad thing, depending on what you want to do with it. And sometimes, and I think I put in there too, that you can, LA Police Gear uh, has pretty good discounts on them usually from time to time. You kind of got to, you know, hunt and peck with it, this, that, and the other thing. If you were to go over, let's say if you, you specifically liked that, the Maxpedition brand, of course, you can go over to their, oh, to their website. Um, one thing that's really nice about Maxpedition is they have a big thing of CCW stuff. So conceal carry compatible things. So they have, you know, their deal called like the VersaPack. They also have products that they've designed to work with that off body carry system. Um, so with those bags and, and with the backpacks and things like that. Uh, one of the things that they have that when you first look at it, you think, well, you know, is that really going to kind of work? Is there, uh, their Velcro holster and the way that that it works, and they also have inserts, but the way that it works is, and it's kind of hard to describe it without having it, you know, in front of you guys to be able to see, but basically there's a zippered compartment and you can, you can shove the holster, which is basically it has like a vertical piece and then it's got a loop that goes around in the middle of that, a big thick loop. And they call it their universal holster. It's about nine bucks, nine ten dollars, something like that. Anyway, you can adjust it depending on 
what gun you have. You don't necessarily have to worry about it, you know, falling out or any of this stuff or moving around too much because once it's in the pack or in the bag or in whatever you're carrying it in and you zip it up, it's a it's a relatively tight fit. Uh, and this goes to a little bit of one of the questions that Daniel had asked was, you know, what's the speed of this stuff? You know, how quick are you going to be able to get to it and access it? Things like that. Again, a lot of it depends on how you're going to carry it. It does take it, it does take longer, and it is a conspicuous movement um, in certain situations. If you saw something kind of hinky going down, or you were uncomfortable about a situation, in in one regard, as if you zipped it open and just sort of stuck your hand in there, it may not look kind of that obvious to what you were doing if you just wanted to get your hand on the on the firearm. And it may just look like you're going in there and looking for something. And then if you're sitting down or if you're standing somewhere and you've got your hand in it, it may not, again, it may not draw that much attention. Most people out there don't notice anything or if they do, they kind of look and they look away and they don't, it doesn't really register with them that much. So, but again, the speed thing, it is a practice thing. You do need to practice accessing it. You need to figure out how you want the zipper set up for you. Um, generally, if you're going to carry it on your right hand side, you're going to want to have both the zippers forward so that when you would go to go to grab it, you would grab that first pull and zip it all the way back and then stick your hand in rather than having them to where you have to pull forward, then move your hand back and go back in and all that kind of stuff. You know what I should do is I should do a video and maybe I'll do, I'll try and do that this week and I'll put that over on my every blade of grass channel um, just on accessing the thing and, and kind of what I did. Uh, let me pull up. Let me see if I can find on um, on their Versamax stuff. I like I said, I don't think that thing that I had, which was just sort of the platform. I don't. I think they discontinued it. I don't think they make that anymore. And I think it was called the Manta or the Mantis. I think it was Manta. And they, yeah, I don't think they're showing it. I'm gonna try and go on eBay here and see if I can't type in. Expedition Manta and see if something like that pops up. And if it is, it may be uh, a way where you could... The thing that I originally liked about the Manta was that you could sort of build it on your own. And I can't remember... I, I can't remember if that is the... If that was the name of that or not. Let me pause for a second so we don't have to just keep uh, listening to me ramble on. Okay, after doing a little bit of searching around and looking and stuff, I it, the thing was called the Manta, so it's Maxpedition Manta, M-A-N-T-A, and it looks like they've got them on sale maybe for um, anywhere from $72 to $75 at, uh, looks like Midway USA. And you can get it in uh, black, digital camo, khaki, or olive drab. Uh, and it doesn't look like this, the sand that has been discontinued. I'm going to try and add it to the cart. Oh, it just not letting me do. How about that? So maybe you can't get it. Um, yeah, it's just maybe it's just an old page that they had. So uh, I looked on 
eBay. I couldn't find anywhere that said the the Maxpedition Manta it came up with nothing. Now that doesn't mean that if you were if you had your heart set on getting one that you couldn't find one. I'm going to double check again. Yeah, and it's saying zero, sir. So if you you know if you went on eBay and you you checked a bunch of times and looked for it, you you know one may come up. They come up tend to come up every once in a while. But even on YouTube, I don't find any videos about it. And I think it was one of those deals where it just it um, it wasn't that popular once you sort of considered all the other um, all the other packs and all the other stuff that they had that you could use, especially if you you know if you went with their oh the different Versa packs or some of their shoulder bags and things like that. So if you you know if you go on to uh, Maxpedition's website and I'm kind of looking at it here so I'm I'm doing some stuff but uh, you can you can actually see the thing that has their C- CCW compatible items so they've got you know VersaPack shoulder bags laptop bags ones that are just kind of standalone belt pouches and on those you can go on to um, to YouTube and see some videos on that now I don't have any experience with the belt pouches or anything so. Uh, but anyway, I'm kind of starting to ramble. So let's go ahead and we'll, uh, we'll sort of move on from that. But I wanted to say again, Daniel, thanks for that. Uh, but one last thing with that, with that, uh, Manta thing, the reason that I originally got it was because at the time I basically wanted something to where I could have a, a firearm hidden and concealed while I do an off body that absolutely did not look like. Uh, at the time, the fanny packs and stuff were were popular, which is another thing that Daniel had mentioned. Some people, you know, have the criticism that the fanny packs are a deal where everybody's going to know that you're carrying a gun. Uh, again, most people, maybe a gun guy like you or me, might think that. Like, hmm, I wonder if that's a you know a, a gun holster fanny pack combo, um, but. You know, it's the same thing. If I see somebody else carrying a Maxpedition bag, I automatically think that guy's got a firearm, you know, in that bag somewhere. Uh, so anyway, um, the the most people, though, in general, would never notice it. And again, it, it's one of the things, whether if you're going to have a fanny pack or if you're going to have a something like that Maxpedition bag, or I, I don't know if Condor, which is a, another company uh, that makes similar products, um, I don't know if they make something like that or not. Uh, I know a lot of times that Condor seems to um, maybe copy Maxpedition uh, Max a little bit. But it seemed, and, you know, they, they make a lot of the, kind of the similar stuff. And And for most of us, if you wanted to go, let's say, with something like, uh, like Condor as opposed to Maxpedition, it's going to be a little, usually a little bit cheaper. And, you know, again, for most of us, our lives really aren't going to necessarily depend on the thing, if you know what I mean. Like, and what I mean by that is we're not using it, you know, hard, hard use on a daily basis. So, and, and again, I don't have really any experience with, with Condor products. They, they seem to be fine to me. So I'm looking at something that would be similar to, their everyday, what they call their everyday carry bag, which would be very, very similar to um, the Maxpedition Versapax line. And, um, but I'm trying to find a price here. 
and it doesn't have it, which is not a good thing. And there's no way to even put this in a cart to see. Maybe if I go back one. I know this is super exciting. It says wholesale only. Ah, so so you'd have to be like an actual dealer or something like that to get one. Uh, but you know what, Condor, I'm gonna get around you. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna thwart me. So let's see here. I will just go on eBay, and we will see what they have to say about EDC bag. They're about thirty. Yeah, let's just say forty dollars to to make it easy for that similar thing. So. But, you know, having said that, I was just over on LA Police Gear and um, they've got the Maxpedition uh, closeouts over there. A lot of times if they, they buy some of the overstocks or sometimes maybe something isn't, it's just a closeout for them. They've got um, the Jumbo overstock for forty four ninety nine. They've got um, the Fatboy Versapack and Khaki, which is 59 so, yeah, it's a little bit more, but I think you might be getting a little bit higher quality product. And again, I'd like to know if somebody sort of had both. Like I said, I have experience with the Maxpedition stuff, and it's it's tough as nails. And again, with the Condor stuff, I don't know, you know, 100% on that. Now, one thing that I will say that I do like about, and I think I mentioned this before on the on the previous show, but I think it's, and it's probably a nitpicky thing for me. But on the newer VersaPak lines, what they have is the zippers, let's say on if you've got a khaki model, are khaki. So that that concealed carry compartment where your gun's going to go on that VersaPak, the zipper is, matches more closely the color of the bag. So on casual inspection, again, you don't the zipper of it isn't that obvious. Um, now of course it has the poles and all that kind of jazz on there. So, you know, somebody, if, if they're, if they're paying moderate amount of attention is going to know, Oh, there's a, uh, there's a, you know, there's a zipper. So there's another compartment there. Now the, the thing that they did on the, the, um, the green one or the OD, whatever you're going to call it, those are black. So again, it's sort of that same thing. You, you know, that there's a zippered compartment there. Uh, which is kind of a drag. I wish they would have like a green zipper or something like that. If they're, you know, or the zipper would match the color of the, you know, of the bag that you're using. Uh, more, more of a nitpick than anything else, I guess. But anyway, there's tons of videos on there on on doing that. Um, but I, like I said, I didn't see any on the Manta. So what I may do, uh, maybe even today after I get done here, top this in on YouTube. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not seeing it. Uh, so I may do a quick review on there. So anyway, I think we've kind of beat that horse enough. So I think that's all our feedback that we have for today. Let me double check here real quick and we will make sure that nothing new came in or that maybe something didn't come in over here that I think would be pretty good. And not so much. Okay. Quick aside, as far as my... AR-15 build is going, kind of where I'm at in that. I've pretty much got, I'm only lacking maybe three things. I need to get a charging handle, which I'm going to get 
from uh what is it uh bravo company so bcm and i'm going to get their i think the mod 4 is the medium size uh get their charging handle i still need to get a bolt and bolt carrier and so the, so basically the bolt carrier group which i've narrowed down again between uh bcm and the lightner weiss there's really only you know maybe about ten dollars in the difference the lightner weiss has some features to it that i like uh that to me would be worth the the extra 10 bucks Uh, and in the long the long term it's um it's not that big a deal but i've heard very very good things about the bcm bolt carrier group so I'd like to hear if maybe any of you guys have experience with either of those, kind of what you think. They're both, I think, quality quality pieces of gear or equipment or, you know, parts, I guess we should probably say is the correct term. Uh, and I think they're both, you know, well-made and all that type of stuff. So I am leaning very heavily, though, towards the Lightner Y, so I'll need to order that. Probably will order that, if not this month, maybe next month. But And I also need, what else do I need? Uh, let's see, I've got... Bolt carrier group, charging handle, and I needed something else, and I can't remember what the third thing that I needed. Oh, the um, the handguards, which again, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, the handguard that I want to go with, again, is that BCM, and it is their key mod version. Uh, the barrel that I'm going to be using is a 16-inch barrel. I got that from Daniel Defense. It's a, a 1 and 7, and... I got it with the low profile gas block that's pinned. Um, I, I wanted to have one pinned rather than with the set screws or the thing where you dimple into the barrels and it, you know, the clamp on style. Again, for my preference, that's what I would prefer to have. Not to say that I, I think from the research that I could do that they said, if you could get one that's pinned, that's kind of maybe the way to go. But having said that there's, thousands of thousands of people that have shot thousands of thousands of rounds with the clamp on style or with the set screw style that have had no problems. So anyway, I'm going with that 16 inch barrel and I, um, want to get the key mod. That's the 15 inch key mod on there. Just more because I like the look of it. I like how it looks the way that I've been able to, now it hasn't come out yet. So you're saying, well, how do I know how it's going to look? When you have people that have, let's say they'll have like a 14 and a half inch barrel with their, you know, uh, suppressor or flash hider on the end and they're using, they're running like a 13 inch key mod, I can see how that's going to look. It's just going to scale up a little bit. So that's what I, that's the look that I kind of want. And then, uh, you know, aesthetics for me generally doesn't play that big a part, but it does play a part. Uh, and, And since I'm building the rifle to make it, be the kind of the way that I want it and have the look that I want, you know, I, I'm kind of going to go, I wanted to go with that. Unfortunately, uh, right now they are not out. And so they say that it's coming in summer of 2014. I don't know for them if that means, um, if summer means, July, if summer means August, if summer means, you know, the end of August or, you know, I, I surely they wouldn't mean September. So now it could be too that they've, uh, maybe they haven't 
been able to get their production run the way they want. So I know that coming summer of summer of 2014 is is a ballpark date for them. But again, if you go over to uh, BravoCompanyUSA.com and it's their um, uh, BCM Gunfighter KMR handguard, you can kind of see what I want to get. Another thing that I like about it is how it goes on, how it attaches. It's a it's a it's a simple thing, and I think in doing my research, I can look at stuff, you know, because I can sort of see the old and then the newer stuff that's come out at the same time, because you know everything is a lot of the the parts for the older stuff is still available, so I can kind of see some of the evolution and kind of some of the things that they've done, and you see some ideas that were pretty good, and you see some ideas that that weren't so great, but you also see well well gee this really makes sense how this goes on or you know why doesn't why doesn't everybody do something kind of similar so with this one when you're putting that barrel nut on it's basically just going to go down and you just once you torque it to spec you don't have to index it with anything but you guys can and again on youtube there's a bunch of other stuff and then once i actually start to do the build i'll go over i don't know how how i really want to do that for my youtube thing uh whether i'll do a series of short ones and put them out uh, doing the install and kind of talk about the things that way. Uh, I may do that. And then I may also put out one that's a little bit longer to where that somebody could sit down and, and, you know, over the course of a half hour, 45 minutes or so, just sort of watch the thing all at once. So anyway, that will be coming up, but that's pretty much where I am with the AR build. Like I said, I've got those, once I order those three things, I'll have everything. The only thing that I may change, and I didn't want to do it now, just because it was it was a little a little bit more pricey than I want to pay right now, but I, I may do it later. I just went ahead with the old A2 flash hider. I'll go with that at first. Later, I may go with um, maybe a compensator as opposed to just a flash hider. Um, I'm not necessarily worried about you know the flash flash signature or anything like that so um but i don't know i mean I'll, I'll have to see it for my level of shooting it may not make that much of a difference um or it may i don't you know i don't know it's it's, it's going to be one of those things where later down the road i'll have to see kind of you know what i think but anyway let me know if any of you guys have also like the the um uh, they make their KMR 10 and the KMR 13. If any of you guys have those or had any experience with them or kind of what you thought, I had looked at the Noveski thing in their key mod. Um, and I'd also looked, there was a company called Odin works. Uh, those were all ones that were in the running, but when it came down to it, I thought the sort of the design and how it installs and what you're actually going to do with uh, BCM was the best for me. So anyway, Love to hear from you guys, see what you think, and um, I think that's going to do it for maybe the show today. Oh, no, it's not, because we haven't talked at all about the uh, about the Las Vegas thing. Now, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, or maybe you're kind of hearing about this sort of for the first time, in Las Vegas, Nevada, apparently a man and a woman shot and killed... Uh, two police officers in a restaurant and then they went over to a Walmart and and I may have some of, the, of these details wrong so if I do forgive me on this and shouted, shouted something like the revolution is going to begin and I guess they were maybe split up 
And there was a gentleman, and he was going to engage the male shooter, and he was approaching, and again, I may have the the details wrong on this, and he was approaching him from behind and was going to shoot him when the male shooter's female accomplice came up behind him and shot and killed him. Now, that's the details that I have. I don't know 100% how accurate they are, and I don't know if all the information has come out yet. I don't know if maybe if there's surveillance video. You know, Walmart has about 900 million cameras in their store, so there's got to be surveillance video out there. I don't know if any of that has been released or if it ever will be released. My comments will be basically based on the information that I have. And I'm not trying to Monday morning quarterback the guy or say, oh, this is what he did wrong or this is what he did you know, right or anything like that. What I want to do is just take it and look at it from more of a learning situation and try and apply some logic and some reason to it and say, okay, well, if that had been me in that situation, what would I do? Uh, what what would I, would I feel, you know, compelled to involve myself or insert myself in that situation? Would I say I'm going to try and, and, uh, you know, slowly extricate myself from here, going from cover to cover and always checking around and things like that. And a lot of it is going to depend on quite frankly, who you're with. If you're there and this, this is, this is how I would do it. If I was there with my family, I'm not going to engage that guy. I'm going to get my daughter and my wife, or if I'm there with really good friends of my people that I love, or if I, I'm going to say, we're, we're getting out of here now. And, you know, you're going to, we're going to crouch down and we're going to move slow and we're going to try and head toward the exit where we know, you know, that it is. And we're going to, uh, you know, if we were near the rear of the store, boom, we're going to maybe try and go out through that employees only thing. And if we can't get out there, at least maybe we can give ourselves, um, we can not necessarily back ourselves into a corner, but we can position ourselves to where we know nobody's going to come from behind us, that type of thing. If I was there by myself, ooh boy, that would be a tough call. Um, Because you know that they're, they're not there, like we talked about before on some of the shows. Those guys are not there doing an open carry demonstration. They're not there screaming, you know, uh, open carry for all, peaceful carry of firearms. You know, they're there screaming the revolution starts now or whatever the heck they were saying. So, uh, again, that's a tough situation because you don't know how many people are there. When I've looked at at video and at uh, read kind of the accounts of some of these things, you know, you look at what happened uh, in some of these places. Um, oh, where? Oh, I can't remember where it happened. Uh, but anyway, you had like three or four guys came in with um, with rifles and they were shooting up a place, uh, some stores. 
and I can't remember where it was. Um, but anyway, there were several of those guys. So again, just because you see one person doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, that you're seeing everything or that, you know, that situation. And I guess realistically, you know, when you, the more, you know, videos you watch, the more training articles you read, the more things on self-defense that you, that you look at and the more you educate it, educate yourself on, on those type of situations Generally, what you want to do, if you can, is get to cover. And so something that will will give you the best chance of stopping some bullets if the bullets are going to start coming your way. And then you want to try and move to your next piece of cover to either get yourself out of that situation uh, or if you have to engage the target or if you've made the decision that you're going to exchange fire with that person or persons. Cause again, you don't, you're not going to know how many people are there uh, and are involved in that. Uh, you need to give yourself as much of a chance to stop the bullets and to make yourself as small a target as possible. Uh, the best thing to do would be to have both cover and concealment because if they don't see you and don't know that you're there other than maybe a random round coming your way, your chances of getting shot uh, go down dramatically. Um, and again, like I said, I don't want to cast aspersions on this guy uh, and what he did. He chose to involve himself and he did, I'm sure, what he felt was the right thing and, and what he felt was this is how I can do the most good. Now, another way to look at it, you could say, well, even though that person died, that person, you know, gave his life in the defense of others. Um, he did, he did engage those shooters or potential shooters. And a lot of times what we see is when those people are confronted or engaged that generally they think, well, you know, it's over and, uh, and they usually will kill themselves or surrender. Usually they'll kill themselves. Um, and from what I understand, I think the detail was, uh, that I, that I didn't talk about. And I, like I said, I don't know if this is a hundred percent or not, but what I think happened was, is as, as the citizen was approaching the shooter from behind, the female shot him, shot the citizen. And then I think she then immediately shot and killed the male shooter and then killed herself. So they obviously had, you know, a suicide pact. And I guess they thought, well, the, you know, the, the game's over. So we're just going to end it all right now. Um, so you could make the argument that by that guy sacrificing himself, uh, and maybe that wasn't his intent to sacrifice himself, but let's say by, by him becoming involved and he may have saved lives because they figured, well, 
we're made or it's over now and uh and we're going to kill ourselves and so they didn't kill they didn't go on to kill you know 20 or 30 people in there so you had a total of three victims because remember prior they had shot and killed the two police officers and uh, then with him getting killed now i don't know if anybody else in walmart was injured or shot i don't think that they were uh but anyway like i said it's it's for me it's a little bit of a it's a hard call to say what actually i would do in that situation because you know that there are lots of innocent people in that walmart and a lot of times people will say you know well would you you know would you leave if it was a school full of children would you you know do this or that well there's children in, in walmart there's tons of there's always tons of kids running around in a walmart so again that would be kind of a tough call but um with uh you know if and again if i was by myself it would be a different a different situation than if i'm with my family and then with i if i'm with my family like i said before my priority in my soul function at that point is to get them out safely. And that's what we're going to do. And if we can run out of there, sneak out of there, do it however we're going to do it without firing a shot and drawing attention to ourselves, that's what we're going to do. Anyway, now I think we're going to come to the end of the show. Uh, let me know what you guys would do. Uh, and again, no judgments. Um, everybody's an individual and everybody would, would uh, sort of have their lines that they, that they couldn't cross or have a point to where they couldn't, you couldn't turn around and leave again. would love to hear from you guys. Thanks for sticking with me. And I will hopefully talk to you guys again next week. Uh, and next week will actually be what the 29th. So hopefully I will see you guys on the 29th. All right, everybody take care. <laughs>